0: Welcome to Stirring Faith with Cherry Strange, formerly the She Yearns podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Stirring Faith aims to lead women to desire more of God in their everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Now, let's get started. Hey, welcome to the longest and most epic month of March you and I have probably experienced in our lifetime. Talk about March Madness. This is what you and I are in the middle of. So how are you dealing with your temporary new normal? This is the second week of virtual everything in our house. Combined with lots of togetherness, we are literally breaking the law of congregating in groups of more than 10 if the significant other from around the corner comes courting our adult daughter for dinner or to do homework or to do really anything. Of course, they can't do that right now as of midnight last night. That's all over until further notice, at least maybe April the 3rd. I've done what some of you have probably forced yourself to do, housework. You have put off for the last couple of months or longer, and then we've done some more. But we've all been home for so long, it's dirty again, and I've got to start all over again. I've also been going through some old pictures and boxes, you know, photographs. The kind where you loaded the camera with film, and then it clicked like 24 or 36 times. Then you came to the end of the roll, and you had to take it to the Kodak booth or maybe to Walmart if they had one or someplace like that and they gave you slips called negatives and maybe two copies of horrible pictures that you took because you didn't know what in the world you were doing back then and now I've just got boxes and boxes of that awful stuff and I am dealing with the actual physical mess and then uh, I'm gonna have to go to the digital stuff but that's just on disk because I quit doing pictures then so then i have to figure out if i'm going to print those pictures or what exactly i'm going to do with that but that's probably next week when i get to that so i'm back dealing with putting all the pictures in literal albums so we can actually enjoy them We also finally celebrated Valentine's Day last week as a family. That's the night we all dress up, we eat on nice dishes, we make a fancy dessert, we order in so we can stimulate the economy, and spend the evening telling the kids what we've seen God do in their life for the last year. It's very encouraging, they feel the love, And I buy them candy. Well, I've had the candy for a while. I bought it 50% off after Valentine's Day. But nobody really cares because it is chocolate. It's really a night where they feel very encouraged. And nobody gets enough of that. I don't care who you are. And they don't want to miss it. I don't care how old they get. They they were talking last week about could they keep coming and could they just put all the kids and just the adults sit around the table until I guess they're eighty-seven, I don't know. I said no, we gotta bring all them in here too. It's really important. Not not that ten people right now and two mancoons, a Boston Terrier, the dog we have, and a tortoise are not enough at this juncture. Yesterday afternoon, before we had to stay in the house, we acquired on purpose two. Count them two large puppies. Yes, I'll send photos later. They are Bouvier Pyrenees. I did it on purpose. Now, before you start thinking, I've already got a fever, this is how I deal with my stress. Some people eat. Some people don't eat. Some people don't sleep. Some people bite their nails. I go for really, really big. This time, it was a big dog. I was up for one. But when I got there to pick him up, there was a sister, and she had these very intense eyes. And I could really see that intensity, seeing me through very, very many riding blocks. (laughs) And I just had to have her. I promise, no one is thinking about the coronavirus or how upset they are about being cooped up. Every person has one hour between the hours of 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. until they all go back to school. I'm taking all the rest. I thought, if we're ever going to get a puppy, now is the time. Everyone is home going out of their ever-loving minds with nowhere to go until who knows when. At least I've got a house filled with help. The only one not on board right now is Zeke, the maincoon Coon King Cat. He's in the attic pouting, but he'll be fine in a day or two. Now, this spirit of going for big is not just lived out through enormous cats and too many kids, a turtle that can consume half a watermelon a day and our new furry finds. So you should not be surprised. that I'm going to encourage us upward in a time when many are surrounded by negatives and so many unknowns that tend to lead us where we are feeling isolated, scared, and possibly depressed. My pastor at Bay Area Church, before all this corona business began, set in motion a plan for us to enter into a season of prayer and fasting right now, starting this week, heading into Easter. He is drawing on 15 Psalms beginning with Psalm 120 going through Psalm 134 and those are called the Psalms of Ascents the goings up Psalms Honestly, I was so inspired by this idea the timing once it came to this by the need in my own heart knowing this is how the Lord deals with me in this big kind of way I knew it was perfect to share with you and what I want to draw out in our few minutes together is sort of an overview of the 15 and then look more closely at one in particular, how it speaks to us right now. When it comes to the Old Testament that we hold today, there's not necessarily a manual that says this is how it all works and what it means and why it is what it is. That is uh, definitive. You know, it's the one thing. These 15 Psalms are a piece kind of like that. There's some discussion about that. In terms of the structure, we know they were put together on purpose, separate, like a little booklet. The middle psalm is authored by Solomon. Then there are two in each section, the front and the back, attributed to David on either side of that, with five anonymous psalms on either side. The psalms by David bookend the anonymous ones, with the one by Solomon sitting as sort of the centerpiece. Now, we may not be able to discern the whys and wherefores about the unit as a whole, but we should be able to recognize this was an intentional grouping and not sort of a chance hodgepodge throwing it together like well whatever it was very intentional what do they have in common do they have any bearing on our lives today that's sort of the questions we could ask it's fascinating to discover what different people through the years have thought about this group as I looked into it they're known as the Psalms of the ascents not just the Psalms of the ascent the goings up not just the going up and also the Psalms of Degrees. Some have said that these are the psalms that were sung one on each ascending step that led up to the actual temple. If you're walking up the steps toward the temple, and it would be from the outer court of the women to the court of the men, and, and it said that there's 15 steps between those two. On the first step, the priest would sing the Psalm 120, and then they would step the next step and seeing psalm 121 and so forth until they got the 15 steps to the next court. Well, others believe that that doesn't hold water because it can't be proven that these 15 steps actually existed. And some are concerned that the dating goes back to a time when there literally were zero steps because it was just a tabernacle. There weren't. There was just a tent. It weren't any steps at all. Others believe that they were organized according to increasing degrees, literally to be sung in a different higher key as you progress so you would sing one and then you would change key in the next one and it would just go escalating crescendoing as you went well that we can't really know for sure others say that they have been used As the people made their way up to Jerusalem from captivity from Babylon or wherever they had been, if you're familiar with the terrain, Jerusalem is higher in elevation than the surrounding areas. I mean, all roads lead up to Jerusalem. You have to go up, 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 up to get there. You literally go any direction up toward the city. One element most have agreed upon is that These were the songs sung by those Israelites traveling from their homes to Jerusalem at the appointed feast. There were three appointed feasts that were laid out in the Old Testament that God instructed the people that they must go to Jerusalem to worship God together for three times a year. They were to leave their homes and go do that. And so most people think that this was probably the group of songs that were sung by pilgrims on their pilgrimage up to do that. But one more idea that I'm particularly fond of in addition to this last one has to do with the literal structure of the Psalms themselves. When you look closely at how the verse is built upon verse, thought upon thought, they have sort of build one upon the other like a ladder or a staircase. If you take Psalm 121, for instance, it begins, I lift my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth." Did you notice what happens here? The writer asks a question he's about to answer. "From, "Where does my help come?" My help? comes from the Lord. It's as if there is a step taken up and then another step taken with the first question and then another with the answer, sort of piggybacking on each other so that there is an intricate connection just with the language, with the word help. One more thought that was brought out by a man named Whitefoot, probably more conjecture than absolute, is that we have 15 purposely Drawn together Psalms, as you will see, are for our drawing our eyes upward, focusing on God, not ourselves, not man. That there has been a time when 15 was significant in another life, demonstrating a going up. Remember at the time of the divided kingdom? The northern kingdom had just been overtaken by the Assyrians, and the Assyrians had threatened the southern kingdom who was being led by a king Hezekiah at the time. But God brought victory and they once again had freedom. But Hezekiah fell ill and uh, Isaiah, the prophet, was told to go tell the king to get his house in order because he was gonna die from this illness. And as he was going out, Hezekiah prayed to the Lord once he got that news. And before the prophet could even get out of the building, this is what happened. Then the Lord came to Isaiah, the prophet, and said, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of David your father, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, Behold.'" I will add 15 years to your life. I will deliver you in this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city. Isaiah 38, 4-6. 15 more years for going up because he prayed and God heard his prayer and saw his tears. We don't know why there are 15. We don't know why there are 15 psalms. We don't know why it was 15 years. We don't know exactly what the purpose was or how they were utilized. But taking all of these aspects into consideration, I just think it's important that as we're in this predicament and in this time of prayer, I think it's worth considering, especially as we turn to this one psalm 121 that I want us to focus on to help us move our eyes upward to focus on what is real what is true what is trustworthy so for a moment I want us to look at this psalm and I'll read it to you uh, as you listen it's only eight verses I lift my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. There are three ways the Word of God meets us today that help move us upward in our faith like a staircase toward believing Him when we are instead feeling as if we have maybe boarded an escalator fast tracking down to the pit of despair, which is possible during this time that we're in. So the first way I think this works is through repetition. There's only eight verses here. And while you're not looking at them, only hearing them, you may not have picked up on a word that is repeated six times. It's the word keep. He who keeps you will not slumber. And then we hear it again. Behold, he who keeps Israel. And then again, the Lord is your keeper. Then three times right in a row, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. I mean, bam, bam, bam. Right now, that word keep may have a special significance to you you know a few days ago i ventured to the local grocery store pulled out the only cart available it was small two level cart in hopes of getting whatever i could find for my family now we have 10 people at home right now and sometimes the boyfriend. Well, not right now because, you know, we're sheltering in place. But before that, so my cart was going to be full. There was a limit on bread. Only one loaf is enough at my house for one meal, plus maybe two sandwiches. And three of us don't even eat bread. I had my ordered two loaves, but the sign only limited the bread loaves. It didn't limit anything else. So when I checked out, because I'm trying to feed 10 people against most of your three or four people, and because no one can be with me at the store the checker took all of my baked goods out but one loaf I got one loaf the woman behind me rammed me from behind and looked right at me with her buggy and then at my stuff so that it was clear there was a connection there and this isn't over the holy grail of toilet paper I've not even seen that in a store since we have started this mess it was just weird rice mixes and anything I could find for my people to eat it's not gonna go together I promise you it's weird stuff if you work at a place that's been shut down or sell something that can't be sold right now or offer a service that's maybe not legal to provide right now or you're unable to have your spouse present at the birth of your child in the next couple of weeks or you're facing the possibility of losing a great deal. The prospect of a God who can keep or is a keeper of your life may be very significant today. Let me encourage you to keep this psalm and listen to it on repeat let those words roll over your heart over and over if you need them as i have ours is a god who knows what you need six times he says keep 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 keeper keep and then keep again it is not poetic (laughs) it's simply for us to know and believe and to trust the second way the word of god operates for us today is in perspective. God's perspective of keeping and ours may not always line up. I read a powerful word of advice that said that God may preserve a man's soul when he lets his outward affairs go all to ruin. And for the sake of his soul, this may be needed. Now, we don't like this reality. We don't like this kind of in-your-face truth. But our liking it doesn't make it any less true this is really sobering this time of life is really sobering life is not always gumdrops and cotton candy and i think you and i are beginning to feel that if we're not feeling it we know people around us who are and we need to be very aware of that if we're not already having that experience this seasoned scholar argues that you and i tend to stop at the candy cane forest and we we center there when God has been promising what Paul writes to the Corinthians. He says, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. And then in verse 17, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison so here when we're disappointed in our afflictions because well we're afflicted or in the words of the scholar if then what we call disaster and think to be so be really among all the things which work together for good so often is the case then he asked this question is god's permission or sending of that disaster a falsifying of the promise of the psalm well no no it's not It's just perspective. God takes eternity into view and so does the psalmist. I lift my eyes to the hills, he said. He's looking upward to God. That is our only hope the one who sees what is really real is my only hope. The third way the Word of God really speaks to us in this and lifts our eyes upward is toward reliance. Think about the varied ways God is able to come through for you and for me. In this Psalm, He is your overall help. For heaven's sakes, He's the making of the freaking universe. When you are on the journey towards the unknown, against the unseen, I mean, we cannot see what we are against right now. What you don't know how to fight against, of anything to put your trust in. I mean, pan gel, Lysol, a new vaccine, face mask. I mean, staying at home, it's not going to cut it. It can't do it. He is our only helper. This bit about being the keeper when it says he is the keeper has to do with the one who has been hired to stay awake and watch through the night to blow a horn or whistle every 15 minutes to make sure everybody knew in the area it was protected from the bad guys, stay away, you can't take our stuff, but too often that person fell asleep and somebody could come in and take everything and it was left unprotected, but not our God. He doesn't even get sleepy. (laughs) He doesn't slumber or even get tired. He protects you from all the elements, he continues to say. He even holds you during and through your grieving and through your joy that's what the going out and coming in is about now and until you see his face there is no occasion in which he is not prepared to meet you in your need. That is what these eight verses are trying to cover. This is the point of the entire Psalm. He is reliable, but you must look up. So here is my suggestion for for us. If it is allowed in your area, sit on your porch, get outside, get some sunshine, sit on a step, make a step. Somehow get yourself where you have a step you can take or sit on and read this psalm aloud. Get it in your heart and your mind. Picture it. Make your heart look up. Emphasize the word keep. Know it is for you. Trust his eternal perspective that it is for your glory. Rely on him for whatever you need. Literally lift your eyes to wherever you imagine the hills to be and preach to yourself from where does my help come confidently tell yourself my help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth he will not let my foot be moved he who keeps me will not slumber or sleep and rest in his eternal good for your life Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Stirring Faith podcast. We plan to release a new episode once a week. I would invite you to become a subscriber because it makes it so much easier to make sure you get it. Please remember, rate, review, and share the podcast. You're the one that makes the impact, and you never understand the difference your suggestion could make in the life of another person just by recommending and sharing the resource. So please pass along what you find here. Don't keep it to yourself. It's so easy to do. Post it from Spotify. It's so easy or put it in your stories I would personally be grateful and remember there's more truth-saturated gospel-centered spiritually insightful resources at your fingertips just go to www.sheearns.com where you're going to find reading plans videos articles and other resources more than there's ever been before to help stir more desire for God into your everyday life I'm Cherry Strange it is always a pleasure to meet you here